take your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. The title this morning is this, the, the last words of Joseph. If you knew that you were about to die, what would you tell your family? If you knew you were going to die within a week, what would you tell your family? I had the privilege of having a very godly mother. And when mom was told that she had two weeks to live and she was in the hospital, she brought us five kids into the hospital room, one at a time, oldest to the youngest, and she just spoke into our hearts and spirits. That was awesome. That's what Joseph is doing here today. Today we're looking, we've been looking at the third week today on the life of Joseph. Two weeks ago, love versus hate and how the love that he had for God was greater than the hate that his brothers had for him. Last week, we looked at how Satan tries to stop our godly future and that every one of us have a future and God has a plan for our lives and Satan's trying to do everything he can to stop that. And last week, we looked at different ways that he tried to stop Joseph and he tried to stop him with temptation and discouragement and loneliness and bitterness. So Satan will use anything he can to try to stop us from doing God's will. We've seen the last couple of weeks how Joseph had a crazy life. He was absolutely hated by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was put in prison. He was lied about. He had a dream from God, but that dream was not fulfilled for 22 years. That's a long time. That's longer than many of you have even been alive in this room today. Sometimes it takes a while to see the dream of God fulfilled. He ended up, though, exalted by both God and Pharaoh. So he had a roller coaster kind of life. He just never knew what one day was going to bring from the next. In the midst of everything that he went through in his life, we saw that he kept his relationship with God very pure, and he kept his attitude. He kept that very, very close to God. And at the end of it all, at the end of his life, and we, we remember in chapter 50, he said this, that I know that God allowed a hardship for a greater good. What a man of God that can go through a trial in his life and understand that God had a greater good. And this was Joseph. That's the kind of person we're looking at, a true man of God. He is now 110 years old. He knew he was about to die. He brought his brothers in, which is very interesting because Joseph is number 11 out of 12 brothers. He was really on the young side, and yet he brought his brothers in because Joseph was dying before his brothers. And he's going to be talking to them, and he wanted to speak into their life. He wanted to share the goodness of God. He wanted to put something inside of them that would last for the rest of their life, something that would prepare them for the future. So what would he say? What would you say if you knew you had a week to live? Here's what Joseph said in chapter 50. Verse number 24, last words of Joseph. Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid. I want to stop right there. I'm about to die, but here's what he wanted them to know. 
that God will surely come to your aid, that God will be there to help you. You don't have to lean on me anymore. Yes, I'm the one that helped you to find food. I'm the one that helped you not to starve, but you're not going to rely on me any longer. I want you to learn that you can rely on God. God is there for you. God is faithful. God is committed to you. And no matter what you're going to be facing in your life, you can trust that God is going to come to your aid. So was he speaking prophetically? Was he saying to them, I have a word from the Lord that in the future God is going to come to you? Or was he speaking from his experience that God helped me in the past and therefore I'm confident that God is going to help you in the future? I believe in Joseph's case, it was both of these at the same time. Prophetically, he knew that God would be there because personally, God has always been there. He knew that God was with him no matter what he was going through in his life. And because God was with Joseph, Joseph knew that God was going to be with his brothers. Because Jesus Christ is the same, what? Or yesterday, today, and forever. And he knew that he could rely on God. You see, he knew the character of God. Folks, if you know the character of God, you, can, you know you can trust him. If you know the character of God, you know that he will not leave you alone. You know that he will not fail you. You know that he will not put you aside. And Joseph knew the character of God. And the last words out of his mouth, he's saying to his brothers, Brothers, I have trusted God, and look what God has done in my life. And I want you to know that you can trust God as well. See, Joseph knew this because he began to look at his past. And the Bible says some really cool things about Joseph's past. That when Joseph was in slavery, the Bible says, the Lord was with him. When he was in prison, the Bible says, the Lord was with him. When he was lied about, the Bible says, the Lord was with him. When he was all alone and his friends deserted him, the Bible said, the Lord was with him. So now on his dying bed, he's telling his brothers, hey guys, God has been with me through the worst times of my life, and God will come to your aid, and God will be with you. Folks, this is something that we need to hear today, that no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, and we're believers and we love God, I would say most of us, if not all of us, only God knows our heart. But still going through life, we go through hills and valleys, and we have some good times and some bad times. But let me just tell you this, God is with you. He promised to send the Holy Spirit that we would never be alone, that he not only would be with us, but how about this? The Holy Spirit is going to be in us. And we know that no matter what we face, God will come to our aid. Love this scripture. So Joseph prophetically is saying to his brothers, we've been living in peace the last 75 years under Pharaoh's rule. Pharaoh's dying. I'm dying. There's going to be new leadership here in Egypt. It's going to get tough. Tough times are coming. And when tough times come, you can rely on God. Why else would he say God's going to come to your aid if it didn't mean that tough times were coming? Hard times come. We still live down here on this earth. But when the hard times come, we know that God is there and he's saying to his brothers, you love God, you trust God, you follow God, God's going to help you. See, we have the benefit of Isaiah chapter 43. Joseph didn't have Isaiah 43. And Isaiah 43 says something like this. When you go through the fire, that you will not be burned because God is with you. He will come to your aid. 
When you go through the water, the water will not drown. You will not drown because God is with you and he will come to your aid. Folks, when we go through difficult times, we need to stand in God's word and stand on God's word and believe what it says for our future that God is going to help us. You know, last week, we had a wonderful time around the altars. And God began to speak to this church. And he wanted to remind us that he has amazing things ahead of us, but there's going to be some spiritual warfare that we're going to have to fight. And we better put the armor on is what we heard last week. And we know we better be ready to fight because Satan doesn't like what God is doing in this church. But we're going to fight and we're going to see victory. But we must remember Psalm 46, verse 1. And you guys remember this, I would think. God is our refuge and God is our strength. An ever-present help in trouble. That no matter what we're going through, we can always rely upon God because God is there. And Joseph, on his dying bed, he said to his brothers, Surely the Lord will come to your aid. Isn't that an awesome word? The second thing he said to them is this. Let's read it. I'm still in verse number 24. Surely God will come to your aid and take you up out of this land. That's the second thing. God will take you out of this land. God will set you free. Let's, let's look at this, this thing called earth that we live on today. Some of you are having such a great time here, you don't want to go to heaven because you're having so much fun down here. But let me just tell you, you're not home yet. No matter how good it is down here, no matter how much love you have down here, no matter how wonderful it is down here, it's nothing like heaven. We need to put our eyes where they belong. This coming Friday, I am blessed to have been married 38 years. Ooh, baby. She's awesome. You guys think I'm perfect. She knows me. And no matter how good it is here, folks, heaven's going to be so much better. And Joseph is prophesying to his brothers, brothers, don't you get too settled down here because Egypt is not your home. And God is going to take you to the promised land. And if we put it where we live today, this earth is not our home and God's taking us to heaven someday. So let's not get too caught up in this place and say, wow, this is the best it's going to get. Folks, if this is the best it's going to get, we're in trouble. You know, think about Jesus for a moment. I mean, all powerful, right? If this earth was so awesome, he would try to accumulate things down here. He had the power, if he wanted, if he wanted a new home, he would say, I want a new home. Bam! Got a new home. Or a new red chariot. Because if you're going to have a chariot, it should be red. And he could just have one, a new thoroughbred. You know, he could, he could have the best, but you know what? He was in heaven. Heaven is so awesome and so great that everything he looked at down here was just so meaningless. It was just so yucky that he said, this is good for a time, but wow, wait till they get home. Some of you, though, might think that life down here stinks. You might say, I hate my life. Anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. Well, let me, tell you, let me just say, if you hate your life, well, here's the good news. You're not home yet. You're not home yet, Chris. This isn't it. Say, so, yeah, we might have some trials. We might have some bumps in the road. Hang in there. But in the meantime, until we get home, God is promising to come to our aid. 
He doesn't leave us alone down here just to take care of things. He is going to be there to help us, to fight for us, to defend us, to be our strong tower. We just have to get through and we will. And someday we're going home. And that's what Joseph is saying to his brothers. The Lord is taking you out of here. Awesome. What does out of here mean? You know, Egypt became a symbol of sin, bondage, struggles, pain, oppression, anything negative that you could possibly think of. In the Old Testament, the symbol of that is Egypt. Have you ever had struggled with any sin? Ever had any oppression, any bondage, any pains, any sufferings? Here's what Joseph is prophesying. You focus on God and God's going to take you out of here. And you're not going to have to face this for eternity. We're going home someday. That's what Joseph is saying to his brothers. I love this. But see, God has a plan. And he's not only going to lead us out of the earth, out of Egypt, but he's going to lead us to a better place. Here's a third thing he says. Verse 24. Surely God will come to your aid. That's number one. He would take you up out of this land. That's number two. But he's going to take you to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said to the brothers, you hang in there. God's going to be with you. He's going to take you out of Egypt. And one of these days, he's going to take you and your seed to the promised land. That land that was promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is awesome. So God doesn't just take us out of a bad situation. He has a plan and a purpose and a destination in mind for us. And folks, for us, our promised land See, the promised land for them back then, that was the best that it got, the promised land. For us, the promised land is not going to Israel. For us, the promised land is going to heaven someday. And God is saying to us, I'm going to take you out of that earth one of these days, and I'm going to take you home. And that's what he's talking about here in this book of Genesis. Joseph was prophesying. This is, this is, this is cool. Said to his brothers, I'm giving you, God has given you the land promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We think that sounds pretty great because we have heard those names our whole life probably, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But folks, to these brothers, it wasn't Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It wasn't a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was a promise to dad, grandpa, and great-grandpa. This is what Joseph is saying. He's saying, hey guys, hey brothers, I want you to know, God promised our dad, Jacob, that he's going to take us out of here. God promised that our grandpa, Isaac, is going to take us out of here. God promised to our great-grandfather, Abraham, that he's going to take us out of here. And they were excited to know that God promised dad something that's going to be fulfilled because when God promises something, it's going to happen. God is not a man that he should lie. Hebrews, we're doing Hebrews on Wednesday night right now. The Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. So God made a promise to dad, Jacob. God made a promise to dad that his kids, his seed, is going to be taken out of Egypt and go to that promised land. 
Are there any dads in this place? Are there any grandpas in this place? Any great-grandparents in this place that God promised something for your children and your grandchildren, spiritually speaking, and they're not living it, they're not following it, but there's a promise that God gave you for them. Here's what you need to do. You do what Joseph did. You hold on to God and you believe God and you keep praying and keep expecting that the promise that God gave you for your family is going to be fulfilled. That your sons and daughters would prophesy. That your sons and daughters would be men and women of God. That your sons and daughters would be a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you're not seeing that dad, if you're not seeing that grandfather, if you're not seeing that mom, you keep praying. And if God put that in your spirit, you hold on to that. And it doesn't matter what you see with your eyes. What matters is what God said to you in your spirit. And you hold on to that. Because it was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and it was promised to Robert and Marcia and Wesley. This is awesome, isn't it? This is good. Some of you look at me and say, I don't, don't really know what you're talking about this morning, but... <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Joseph told his brothers that God wanted to, to take them to the promised land. And Joseph was recognizing that some of these brothers might get to do that. But he knew he was dying. And he knew he was not going to make it. He knew he was not going to make the rapture. He was going to have to go to the promised land another way. So the fourth thing he said to them is this. In Joseph, verse 25, Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath and said, Surely will God come to your aid. That's the second time he said that. Surely will God come to your aid. And then you must carry my bones up from this place. Brothers, don't let my bones stay in Egypt. Take my bones to the promised land. Don't leave me here. You're going to the promised land. Don't leave me behind. Folks, I'm telling you what, when Jesus Christ comes back, I don't want to be left behind. How about you? I want to be ready to go. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. And this is what's happening here. So he said, take my bones with you. Now, folks, that's, that's just not as easy as it sounds. It's not like Joseph was going to be buried in a grave in the middle of the desert somewhere. He was a high official in Egypt. And many say that he had, had a, a huge casket and he had a tomb and he had a, a pyramid in his honor. And, and he's saying to his brothers, when you leave Egypt, I want you to come and break into that pyramid and take me out of there. Don't leave me in Egypt. And we look at Joseph and say, wow, why, why not? Why, why not, Joseph? Because in Egypt you had money. Egypt, you had fame. Egypt, you had title. Egypt, you had prestige. Egypt, you had everything the world is looking for. And Joseph said, wait a minute. I'm not looking for what this world can give me. I'm looking for what God can give me. Take my bones out of this place. Folks, I'm sorry. I just think this is awesome scripture. So what happened? Moses, Moses, many, 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 many years in the future, when he left Egypt, the Bible says he took Joseph's bones out of Egypt. 
And then, and then, and then uh, Joshua, many years after that, when he entered into the promised land, it says he took uh, Joseph's bones and he buried them in Israel into the promised land. They fulfilled the vow that they made. And folks, all of this scripture, just all of this, I just want us to recognize that one of these days, the promise of heaven is going to happen for you and I. And some of us are going to be alive when that happens. And here's what's going to happen, that the sky is going to open up. You can read it in the scripture. The sky is going to open up and the trumpet's going to sound. The Lord's going to descend. And then, and then those who died, died before the rapture, they are going to actually go up first. And then we're going to be caught up next after them. It's going to be awesome. And I've often said, and I hope it happens, that if I go in the rapture, I hope I'm at a cemetery when it happens. Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome to be at the cemetery of your, your, your mother and father, and all of a sudden, boom, the grave opens. Boom, they, whoa. You know what? You'd start jumping already, wouldn't you? Because you know you're next. That's what's going to happen. Take my bones out of this place. The Lord's going to give us new bones. He's going to give us a new heaven, a new earth, but he's given us a new body as well. And he's going to change us in glorified body. And we're going to be with the Lord forever. That's what the word of God is saying. How much does God love you? Jesus said in John chapter 14, this is the night before he was betrayed, the night before he was crucified, the night before he gave his life for us. He said this to his disciples. In my father's house, King James says, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Folks, it's real easy to look at this scripture and say what Jesus said, and I prepare a place for you. Jesus didn't say I'll prepare a place for you. He looked at Peter right in the eye and said, Peter, I'm preparing a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and take you so that you can be where I am. Jesus wants us to be where he is. Awesome. Take my bones out of here. Right? Don't you guys hate it when I walk out here? You just hate it, don't you? Take my bones out of here. And Joseph, what happened with Joseph? In Hebrews chapter 11, we find Joseph in the Faith Hall of Fame. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it just says one little thing about Joseph. How did he get in the Hall of Fame? Verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, he spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. In, in our language today, he spoke about leaving a life of sin, and he gave directions about his bones don't leave my bones here, but I'm going to heaven someday. That's why he was in the Hall of Fame. He believed that God was going to be with him all the days of his life. He believed that God was taking him from a life of bondage, and he believed that God was preparing a home for him in that promised land for us, you and me, for in heaven. Folks, that's how we can be in the Hall of Fame as well, knowing and believing that God is with us, knowing that he's here to take us out, out of bondage, and knowing that he's preparing a home for us in heaven. Let me ask you a question. We talked a bit about heaven today. How many of you think it would be really awesome if Jesus came today? 
I mean, I'm ready to go. I'm not really ready for the next boat, but I'm ready to go. How many of you would say, but Pastor Dan, I have loved ones yet who need Jesus. I want to go to heaven, but I want to see my loved ones saved first. This is when you need to hold on to that promise of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if God has given you a promise, you pray it, you expect it, you believe it, you seek God and believe that they're going to be saved. But how many of you today would say, I hope Jesus doesn't come today because I'm not ready. God wants you to be ready. He's preparing a home for you. He loves you and he cares for you. So let me ask you a question today. If you're not ready, if the rapture, and that's kind of a strange word, but one of these days the Bible says Jesus is coming and he's going to take those who love him home. Just like that, in a twinkling of an eye. How fast is that? If you're not ready, if you're not sure you're ready, if you're wondering if you're ready, and you would like to be ready today, let's be big boys and girls. Would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Dan, pray for me. I'm not sure where I am. Seven hands went up. Anybody else? Pastor Dan, pray for me. Thank you. There's an eighth, ninth. Awesome. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. You know, those of you that raise your hands, you, you, you've been in church, you know what to do. Lord, I admit that I, I've sinned. I, I know there's sin in my life. I admit, I, I admit it. I believe that you can forgive me of my sin. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. ABC, I admit it, I believe, and I confess you as Lord and Savior. And if we do that and mean that, we shall be saved. We have to grow, but that's the beginning. I would like to invite everyone in this room. Would you please stand? Wes, I would like you to come back with your team. We're going to do that song one more time. I will arise. I will rise. Those of you who raise your hand today, I just want you to know that God loves you very much. And there was a time in my life I had to do that. I remember for me, see, I, I, I was in the church and I started younger than, than you are today. But I was in middle school, just starting. I thought I loved Jesus. But my Sunday school teacher that day, Clyde Marshall, how many of you remember Clyde? He's now in heaven today. Clyde was a little rough around the edges. I love that guy. He was my teacher. If Clyde was a little rough around the edges, it's probably because he had students like me. And one day, in Sunday school class, he asked how many of us would like to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and I raised my hand and Clyde prayed for me in Sunday school and then he said I, I guess I wasn't quite that old we were in the other building yet I was probably about 10 we were downtown Louisville and he said 
This morning in church, I want you to stand up and tell everybody in church you gave your life to Jesus. I said, I'm not doing it. You have to know Clyde. Yes, you are. We fought. I didn't want to do it. I was scared to death. How am I going to talk in public? Sunday came that morning, church. And Clyde told the pastor, said, Danny has something he wants to say today. And I had to stand up and say, today in Sunday school, I asked Jesus to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Isn't that awesome? I had to do it. My life has been changed by that moment. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before man, I will acknowledge you before the Father. So with our eyes open, you guys raise your hands. Way to go. Way to go. So we're going to pray for you now. If someone was around you to raise your hand, man, I don't want you to embarrass them. If you feel led, just kind of put a hand on the shoulder. don't have to, but if you'd like to, then we're going to pray right now. I just want everyone in this room just to bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful today for your love. We thank you for these hands that went up today that said, I just want to make sure I'm ready. I don't want there to be any doubts. Lord, until that day, you're going to come to our aid, but we want to make sure we are ready. So, Lord, I'm asking that you would just come and just show us your love today. Help them to know they're, they're, they're loved by God. They're forgiven, Lord, as we pray. And that you have a, a new start, a new beginning for them. I'd like everyone in this room to repeat after me, especially those of you who raise your hand. Everyone repeat, dear Jesus, I love you. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you're the Lord. I confess you as my Savior. Help me to love you. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As the angels rejoice, let's rejoice today. You've been listening to a sermon from Louisville First Assembly. For more information, visit www.firstagonline.com. That's www.firstagonline.com.